Yeah, David? Do you want to go back? Back where? Back to the best. Back to the best? Back, back to, to the, the best. best. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Back to the Best. I'm David. And I'm Grace, and this is our podcast where we talk about all the best things from the 90s to the 2000s, which is also known as The Best Times. To all our first-time listeners, welcome. To all our former besties returning, welcome back to another episode of Back to the Best. A podcast where we take you (laughs) back to the best. To the best. Almost Um, called Our Best Era. Almost called our best era, almost called a few options with millennials yeah, in the really title. We're throwing around the millennial thing we at threw the beginning. Them. Millennial yes. memories. That was a, that was a mm-hmm. close one. Millennial. I think we settled on the best one, literally. Back, to the best. Back yeah. to the best. It's the best time and the best name. I mean, I guess our spinoffs could be millennial mm-hmm. memories. Yeah. Yeah. We could do Maybe that, that but... one where we just talked to um, just, you know regular people like you and I just about their memories of being a millennial of being a millennial. Maybe we will guys one day we might do it, but for right now, I think we've picked the best. The best. Mm-hmm. And you know, what's not the best daylight savings. I knew ending. you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say because we were texting about it last night. Well, it is terrible. Is anyone, I mean, I'm, I feel like people have to agree because the internet is just flooded with memes about how flooded. no one can handle how dark it's getting. No one can handle it. We're flooded. Flooded. I mean, it is pitch black by five 30. Did that always happen? Why don't I remember I think, that? I think that that's a new thing. <laughs> I think it's new. I think, I mean, you know. usually like, obviously like by Christmas, it's like that. But I don't remember it happening this early in Nov. No, Nove has never done us this dirty. I mean, yeah, it's very, no. very, <laughs> very dark, very early. And, you know, Tim was texting me actually today. He sent me a mm. meme, a meme joking mm. about how dark it gets. I said, at least we have Christmas lights in here. So now I have another bit of defense for those of us who decorate in November. Daylight savings. It gets really dark really early. We we have our Christmas tree up. We do. We have our, I put up our Christmas tree. I also put up some lights around where we have like a bookshelfy thing. Mm. And it really, really helps with how dark it gets early. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm finally going to put up the Christmas tree and all the decorations this week. And I have something to say. Oh boy, here we go. Let's the hear people- it that get mad about people who celebrate Christmas too early are just unhappy people. <laughs> okay. The, you are an unhappy person. Because you. what does me celebrating Christmas, how does that affect you? You know, like let why bring someone down? Why make someone feel less for doing something that brings them joy? If I want to celebrate Christmas all year round, I would do it. End, I couldn't. End statement. Mm -hmm. I couldn't agree more with the first part. I, I personally would not celebrate Christmas all year round because I want to look forward to it. Yeah, no, I actually wouldn't do that, but I'm just saying like, I I want to, I want to like bring someone down if they were. Oh, right, right, right. Yes, yes, yes. No, I couldn't agree more. I think that about the pumpkin spice things. Mm -hmm. I think why, if, if, if they're not affecting you in your life at all, why do you care? Don't waste your energy. Like let them do what they want. And it is the most wonderful time of the year. So why not celebrate it for two months? And it goes by so fast. fast. Life goes by so fast. This time of the year goes by so fast. 
And again, we're trying to battle the darkness, you guys. <laughs> Daylight savings is so dark. So we're putting up Christmas lights because it it helps. I did mm-hmm. watch the Santa Claus last night right while I put up more Christmas lights. As you should. That's such a good one. It's so good. All three of them. I know a lot of people didn't like three, but I just love all three of them. You know, I forgot how funny it is. Like that movie is really funny. And mm-hmm. it's not even just like little kid humor funny. Like, it's really good. I was cracking up. Okay. Uh, question, and we can Google this. So mm-hmm. I saw that Cordover Street from Glee is joining Lindsay Lohan's Netflix Christmas movie. Is that this year? Or how are they going to film that and have it come out? It's got to be next year, right? It's got to be next year. Let's Google it. Please wait for Googling. And a message from our sponsor, Google. <laughs> oh my God, can you imagine? I just Googled Lindsay Lohan Christmas movie. And the first thing that came it up. Mean Girls? No, it was The Holiday, which, hold on. Have you not, still not seen it, David? The Holiday? Yes. No. It's on Netflix. No, it's your favorite one. David, you would love it. Okay, The Grinch is my favorite one. Do not, no one get it confused. But The Holiday is in my top five. Um, anyway, that came up because in the very beginning of that movie. So Cameron Diaz's character in the holiday is an editor. She works in the industry and she edits movie trailers. And in the, in I'm pretty sure it's the opening scene where randomly John Krasinski is in it too. It's so random. Um, And the woman whose name is escaping me, but she was in um, WandaVision. Oh my gosh. I'm, you know who I mean? Mm -hmm. The movie trailer has Lindsay Lohan in it. Like Lindsay Lohan is acting in a mo- a fake movie trailer for Cameron Diaz's company in the holiday. Oh, okay. So I think that's why it came up first because she is technically in it. Okay, Lindsay Lohan to return to acting by starring in Netflix Christmas romantic comedy. Oh, it says exclusive. In this new movie, Lohan will play a newly engaged, spoiled hotel heiress who gets amnesia after a skiing accident and finds herself in the care of a handsome blue collar lodge owner and his precious daughter in the days leading up to Christmas. Well, you know, that is court. It has to be. It has to be. The Netflix movie starts production in November. So it starts production now and it won't be, it will not be here for our 2021 holiday viewing, but audiences will receive it. Oh, actually it says, they're going to announce it later. So I don't think they have a release okay. date for it. That's a shame. I was really looking forward to that. I know, but you know what? Oh yeah, it says here, those in desperate need of Lohan's festive new film will have to wait until Christmas 2022. Yes, but that's okay. We have something to look forward to. Um, mm-hmm. And there's Nina Dobrev is in the new movie, Love Hard on Netflix, which I have oh, yet so to that, watch. That's like the number one thing. It keeps popping up. I cannot wait to watch it. I can't wait. I'm like saving it. it. I'm saving it for like a perfect night, Uh, a rainy day, a perfect daylight savings night. night. (laughs) I'm in the dark, (laughs) in the dark, in the dark. Um, big week for Brittany Friday is her, uh, court hearing where I guess she might get out of the conservatorship. It has been a long time coming. Let's just do it already. Make it a Christmas gift to Brittany and just end this thing already. Honestly. Like it's gone on for a long time. She keeps having to go to court. Well, she's not there, right? I think she she like went on some on Zoom, I think. Well, she did that that's one where right. like we all heard the audio the audio. That was on right. Zoom. I feel like, well, that's what really launched it all. Mm-hmm. 
But Let's we'll, have a Christmas uh, miracle for Brittany. You know, we'll be, you know, we'll be sharing any news that we see on Friday about that. Oh, we'll be sharing any news. I didn't know this. We talked about it, I believe, in our last episode. Joe Jonas and his wife, Sophie. And then I think it was Sophie's co-star from something she must be working on. I'm sorry. I don't know her name. They were all Paolo and yes. Isabella from um, Lizzie McGuire movie. And I didn't know that Hillary Duff commented on that photo and like loved it. I saw she like in all caps. Can you imagine if you were them for Halloween and then Hillary Duff gave you the stamp of approval? I couldn't. I couldn't. God help us all the day Hillary ever acknowledges, acknowledges us. <laughs> In any way, if we even got so much as a like on something by Hill from Hillary, we would, it'd be the best day. And before we get into this episode, you guys, we're just going to do a little something we haven't done in so long. And we're going to wish a few people a happy birthday because it's just the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. This is for our it, OG listeners. Our OG listeners. We, we used to do birthdays all the time, but you know, we just, we just go with the tides. We go mm-hmm. with the flow and- mm-hmm. You know, first on the list, calling us back to wish her a happy birthday from this past week is Chris Jenner. My, our momager. She looks amazing. She turned 66. Wow. Yeah, she, she looks, looks incredible. She really does. Another one who also just looks great. Why not? Everyone looks great. Kevin Jonas. Probably my favorite Jonas brother. You know, I was just watching the Jonas Brothers when they were on Hot Ones because I just all for some, I love the show Hot Ones. Oh my god, I love it, and I want to be on it so bad. Mm-hmm. But I was just going back through other ones, and Kevin is just doesn't really talk as much as the other ones. No, he's do. just so chill. He's so chill. That's their classic Kev. Classic he's so Kev. chill. He's so chill. He doesn't need to talk. He doesn't need to sing. He's just no. He's just there chill. and your best friend. You know who else is our best friend? Who? Emma Stone. Oh, Emma. Emma is a, one of our best friends. She's been our best friend since the House Bunny. Since oh God, I love the House Bunny. It's that so is good. a movie. I just need to rewatch more than I do. I think I have it on DVD. I mean, here's hoping because I need to watch it. On the list, we actually just talked about him. Josh Peck celebrated oh, his birthday God. this past week. Hug me, and- brother. Hillary Duff also just posted a picture today, the day that we're recording this of herself and Josh Peck, because it looks like he's going to be on her show because the caption is that's a wrap for this guy. But she wrote for now. And I'm V sad about that. So Josh Peck must be on her show. Yeah, there he is. Yeah. God, I can't wait for that show. And last but not least, rounding it off truly one of our favorites from one of our favorite shows, Ellen Pompeo, Dr. Meredith Gray. I need to catch up on Gray's Anatomy. That just reminded There's me. There's only, I, I thought there was no episode last week or the last two weeks. So you only have four episodes this season, like to catch okay. up. Okay. Okay. I, I, I actually saw an article that said Shonda Rhimes rewrote the ending of Gray's Anatomy like 10 times. Just, I cannot imagine ending a show that's gone on this long. Well, you guys... I think, I think it's time to just transition into this episode. Transition. We, yes, we're going to transition into the episode. I love a transition that we have to say this is a transition. Oh, they're my favorite kind. Mm-hmm. This is our transition happening live, happening now to our episode with Nina Bergman. We had so much fun talking to her. We also... She is so stunning inside and out. I mean, yeah. David and I were like, we really should have 
made a little bit more of an effort during this interview because she's just beautiful. And we had the best time talking to her. She is in the new movie, Hell Hath No Fury. It is in theaters now. It is on demand now. She does say, though, if you get the chance to see it on the big screen, definitely choose the big screen over your TV, but obviously just see it however you can see it. Yes, check it out. And also check out our interview with her coming up right now. Here she is, Nina Bergman. Hi. Hi. Nice, nice to meet you. Yeah. Where are you at? Uh, right now I am in Los Angeles. Oh, same. Oh, great. Yeah. We're all we here too. <laughs> okay. Tomorrow in New York, but today I'm here. Oh, wow. Oh, great. Yeah. I bet this is a really busy time for you. Yeah. They're doing a screening in New York. So oh, that's exciting. Not for that. Yeah. It's good. I'm excited. I have no complaints. I saw you guys <laughs> did a uh, screening and Q and a at the theater in North Hollywood. How was that? It was, it was, we, we didn't know if people were going to show up, you know, it's COVID. Sure. Yeah. So, um, like half, you know, half, we had to turn away half the people. Oh, wow. It was full. Yeah. So it was like, it was, it was really fun and it was fun to watch it on the big screen and it was nerve wracking. And I think this particular movie is one of those that works better on a big screen because it's mm-hmm. like epic period piece, you know, totally. This, yeah. So it yeah. was, it was really cool. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. I feel like that's Mm -hmm. definitely something we've all, one of the many things from COVID is watching movies on your TV at home just is not the same. And there are some movies where you just need that theater experience. Yeah, this is definitely, this is definitely one of them. And, uh, and just sitting with hundreds of people and, you know, I haven't been in a room like this. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I know it's very bizarre anymore. We're like, how did we do this one day? (laughs) It was, it was good. It was really good to hear people's reaction and, and the feedback and, you know, it's always nerve wracking, but you know, I can't even imagine. Yeah. It was, it was received well. Cause this whole movie was filmed during COVID, right? Yes, it was. Yeah. How was that? (laughs) (laughs) It was a dream come true because it was a minimalistic crew. And uh, if you if you're like me, I come from plays. You know, I, I love mm-hmm. plays. That's my passion. That's my favorite thing to do. Um, and it felt like a play because you're, you know, the makeup artist. My makeup artist that was assigned to me because of COVID uh, is my script supervisor. It's like everything's scaled down, and you're just in your little bubble with your co-stars, and you don't talk to anyone else. And for a movie like this, I mean, it's a dream come true. I lived right next to set, so I could walk there. Uh, so you really can immerse yourself into the movie and, and feels like you're, you're there. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Definitely an immersive experience where you don't have too many distractions. I can imagine. <laughs> did you guys have to get tested like all the time? Yeah, we did. We did get tested and we had to wear, you know, the shields in between. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, uh, yeah, yeah. So, so that part was a little weird, but, um, I liked it because, you know, it's easier to focus and there's no distraction. And, you know, uh, I mean, I've never been this focused on a movie before because it forces, there's no one to talk to. You know? Oh, that's so true. <laughs> it's right, it's just you. <laughs> my Nazi officer and my makeup artist and that's it, basically. Is it 
a lot different because obviously this role that um of Marie is based off of a real character or a real person is it a lot different for you getting into that role knowing that she was a real person versus like a fictional character that you would be playing in other films oh yeah yeah oh yeah because the research is completely different you know because you know fictional I make whatever I want out of my imagination right and I have you know I can do whatever it's fictional in this one you know I did a lot of research and I wanted to honor, you know, because these were real women. They're, they're, they were resist, resistant fighters. They, you know, um, risked their lives. You know, a lot of these women didn't survive to talk about it. And a lot of the women that did survive didn't want to talk about it because the experience was so tragic. So it was hard to do research and find material because people just don't want to talk about it, you know? Mm. So I, I felt a lot of pressure. And when I first took the part, I was like, I just don't know if I can do justice. You know, how do you do a character like this justice? Like, you know, I don't know what it was like to be in a concentration camp for three years, you know? Yeah. And then what it feels like to get out. And um, But then, you know, you do your research and you're there and then all of a sudden it just all starts to come together and you start feeling a little bit what it was like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have to imagine maybe once you get on set, you're in costume, you're, you're there in that environment that could probably lend a hand for oh. an actor to just really get yourself there, especially when you didn't maybe have as much research available to yeah. refer to. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, back then, um, when they find, they would find the women who were, uh, you know, involved with the Nazis, even if it was mm-hmm. you know, for the good cause, like me trying to gather information out of him, they would still get punished and they would, you know, shave their head in public you know, sometimes draw the Nazi sign, you know, strip them of their clothes so they're just wearing lingerie and then they had to walk, you know, the the, sh- the, sh- the shame walk, you know, I think yeah. mm. Game of Thrones, they probably stole it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, um, yeah, you know, so they were marked for the rest of their lives. So, you know, you get, I got to feel a little bit what, what it was like and to be, yeah, you know, head in public. And, you know, in this case, like, she hadn't done anything wrong, you know? Mm. Do you, do you find that with roles that have, that are this heavy, you take it home with you or, or do you have a way of kind of separating yourself and not staying in that state when you go home at the end of the day? Oh, there is no home. I am that character. When I wake up, I'm that character. Mm. Home. I would do research all night um, because I didn't have a lot of time to prepare for this particular part. So I, lo- I would do a lot of the research as I went along and the director had a shoot in chronological order. So I could kind of in the beginning, you know, she's more, you know, she's dating this Nazi officer and all this stuff. And then, you know, she comes out of Ravensbrook and then she is completely beaten down and then she finds her strength a little bit in the end. So I, I, I got to do it in chronological order and I am method to the core and there's mm. no, I couldn't chit chat on the set. I couldn't, um, I can't do this. You know, some actors, they can do that switch. Flip a switch. They can turn it on, turn it off. Yeah. For a character like that, I, no. You just, I mean, I would put it aside a little bit, but it would just simmer, you know. Mm, always there. Yeah, all the time at the screening and people ask, well, what about the weight loss? And what about, and I was like, weight loss? I was like, watch the documentaries, you know, look at those images and you will not eat. You, It's, you know, it's right. You just lose your appetite. I was crying myself to sleep every night. 
and um, I'm on set in a, in a in lingerie, it's like that little slip they had back then, mm -hmm. and I'm being thrown around. So I've got bruises and cuts, and you know that they, they weren't makeup. So uh, so there was really not a lot of acting. <laughs> you know? Wow. It felt pretty pretty real. Um, so yeah, I'm one of those actors. I had to go there, and I was with other actors that you know. Timothy V. Murphy is a studio mm -hmm. actor. You know, he's from the actor studio. You know, all of them were methods, so they all went there with me. Mm. Mm. I was going to ask that if your scene partners kind of met you there, but clearly yeah, they, they did. We were all, you know, I mean, in between takes, I would sit in my little bubble and I would do my thing. And back then, the women um, at Ravensbrook, you know, they were skinny, but they worked a lot. You know, they put them to work, so I would have her work out a lot. Like, they were like skinny, sick, skinny, ripped, if that makes mm. any sense. Yeah. She had no curves so i needed to starve all my female curves and yeah and and uh, and we just all all the actors just we were all on the same page which is very rare mm. yeah, but i imagine a great thing <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah that, that had to be like the best experience you know because how how often does that happen you know there's right i'm phoning it in yeah oh, right was this a role that you read the script and knew instantly that you had to play this role yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I read it and, and I got that feeling when it hurts. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know if you've ever been so in love that it hurts. Mm -hmm. Or like if you have a pet and you love it so much, you just want to squeeze it to death. Like that was, that was the feeling I had um, with that. I read it and I was like, <sighs> like, it was like painful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How did even like a casting or audition process work over COVID? Would you all do like table reads on Zoom or anything like that? No, so we did, um, I, I did, you know, self-tapes. So I sent my audition in, but they already had a big name attached, a, a European Russian woman attached. Um, and then, um, so it didn't really, you know, I still did, I thought a really good audition, but it didn't really matter, <laughs> you know. Uh, it, didn't, it didn't really matter because, you know, there was a name attached and that's what they needed. And then she had issues getting in the country, so she was delayed. And then I begged to do the table read and Jesse Johnson was like, I can't ask you to do that. And that was in person, you know, with a mask okay. on. And I was like, just think of it, just think of it as like, um, you know, like I'm an apprentice or under. Yeah, like an understudy. <laughs> right. <laughs> just standing in. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, don't worry about it. Don't yeah, yeah, yeah. Script, <laughs> didn't sleep all night and came like, I had my girlfriend come do my hair. You know, and, and what he didn't know was, you know, since the audition, I kept working on the character because I thought she's such a phenomenal character. I'm always in class. It's COVID right now. I'm not working on anything. Like, just do it as an exercise. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I started like listening to 1930s, 40s music. I started practicing my French. I started like finding her. And then when I heard about the table read, I insisted. And then I came and when I you didn't sleep all night and then walked in as Marie in my French accent. And like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then everyone was like, Jesse, that's the director. I mean, that's uh -huh. my, like hire her. Every single one of the actors was like that. And I was like, that's right, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I didn't plan on that or anything. <laughs> so I just left, do, 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 you know, mm -hmm. and then um, everyone was like, hire her, hire her, hire her. And for two weeks, I didn't hear anything, you know? That had to be the oh, longest two that weeks. That agonizing two weeks. <laughs> yeah. But I was like, you know what? Again, I was like, 
I love my craft and I was like, if nothing else, you work on your French, you'll learn that mm -hmm. time period, which is one of my favorite. I played Melina Dietrich in a play for six months, so it's one of my favorite time periods. I was like, I'll keep studying, I'll keep learning, you know, because this is my favorite thing is, mm -hmm. is the research, you know. Mm -hmm. And then sure enough, I get the phone call and I'm like, hey, hey, hey. had to be the best <laughs> feeling ever. <laughs> And then, you know, the thing, you know, sometimes be careful what you ask for, because all of a sudden I was like, oh, my God, you know, mm -hmm. it's, uh, you know, she's very different from me. And I was like, can I, can, can I do this? You know, I come across, you know, I'm very different from her. Can I do this? You mm -hmm. know, and, um, you know, and then, uh, you know, once I start the work, I never get nervous because you're so focused on the character and her, you know, objectives and intentions and the research that, you know, all of a sudden you blink and it's over. Yeah. yeah. Now, is it true that you did not speak any French before you filmed this movie? Yeah, I didn't speak any French. Oh my gosh. How, how did you pick, do accents come naturally to you? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> for my accent. <laughs> you know, I sometimes have to play an American. Um, I just, um, you know, you'll be surprised if you hold a gun to your head, what you can do. You know, my acting teacher always said that, you know, because I'm dyslexic, so I have a hard time learning. Okay. And it was like, Nina, like if you put a gun to your head, all of a sudden you become really quiet and every, you know what I mean? Because if I start panicking, my dys I just start flip-flopping like crazy. Mm -hmm. So I just had to go into a hyper focus mode and I was like, I can do this. I am doing this, you know, and then you just, again, it just, uh, you know, uh, you, you can't really think about it. You just do it. I slept like two or three hours every night, um, you know, well, I'll finish a scene and I'll go in my trailer and literally just zonk out for five, 10 minutes, come back on, mm -hmm. you know, and it fits with the character because the more exhausted I was from not sleeping. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. It, yeah, I was going to say that works perfectly for that yeah, role. Yeah, you know, juicing. That was it, basically. <laughs> wow. And just nibbling on little things, you know, because I wanted to honor her, her, you know, I, mm -hmm. wanted, I wanted her to look like, um, you know, then, you know, as I said, it just happens. I, I like mm -hmm. you, when you do these kind of parts, you don't have time to evaluate. And when you are mm -hmm. doing these indie movies, you don't have 10 takes. You know, you yeah. have takes and that's it. And then you got to move to the next shot. But working with these actors, you know, they want to rehearse. They want to talk about their characters. They want to, that's why it was such a profound experience. Because normally you show up, you hit your mark and, you know, you do your thing and that's that. But I was with a group of people that wanted to go there with me and yeah, yeah, and try to make it better. And, you know, so as I said, it was a complete obsessive uh emerging experience which is what i like the most mm -hmm. so otherwise i don't think you know that there's no way you could do it i mean no mm -hmm. way yeah and you you went to school for theater you went to tish so do you think all of the training that you got from going to school really helps you to have that focus and really that determination when you get on set to just stick to the craft and 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 just follow that maybe that same schedule that you had when you went to school Oh yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think all my training helped. I mean, uh, you know, Tish is hard, but I went to the Bolshoi theater as a, when I was a kid, which mm -hmm. is a Russian ballet school. And that is crazy militant. I mean, that is military training, uh, where you can't leave the school and 
you know, they have mattresses. So when you pass out from exhaustion, you can lie down for half an hour. And oh my God. Out. Like, like, you know, they put you on a diet plan that they want. Yeah, I was 94 pounds. I'm like, wow. Pounds now. You know what I mean? Wow. Like, so that like compared to that, everything is piece of cake. I know? was going to say, I, read that, yeah. <laughs> I, I worked as an amateur boxer to make money for school. And I was like, getting my nose broken and my face punched in, you know, compared to dancing on broken toes and doing the Bolshoi theater. It's nothing, you know? Oh, I mean? Yeah. After that, <laughs> Nina, you are an inspiration. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I can't handle anything. <laughs> You'll be surprised again. If someone is holding a gun, what you can do. Yeah. It's like, go back to Denmark and be with my family or say, mm -hmm. yeah, you, you <laughs> You find a way, trust me, to pay for yeah. <laughs> Boxing it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. we, on our podcast, we love, like, talking about nostalgic uh, things and yeah. basically how people get started in this industry. When did you know that this was for you? Mm. How I knew this was for me? How or, like, how old were you whenever you knew that you wanted to get into acting and performing? I think I was four. And uh, my grandmother, it was a Russian gypsy grandmother of uh, my father's side. And I saw her perform. And then my dad gave me a rose. And then I had to go up on stage and give her the rose. Oh, I remember being up there and then I did something. And I, you know what I mean? I can't remember. I like did a curt. I can't remember exactly what I did something. And I remember being up there and I was like, ooh, I like this love. <laughs> I like this Need love. It more. <laughs> And then watching my grandmother up there at four years old and, you know, my grand, my grandfather too was a, was an actor and, you know, my dad is a professor at the Danish film school. So I was just an entertainer, um, my whole life. Yeah. I just knew it. I yeah. Just, I was, uh, I was going to entertain. Um, I don't know how, you know, I knew at a very young age, uh, that I was going to come to America. And I, because I knew Denmark is very small and very like, you have to fit in kind of. Mm. And I, yeah, I just had a gut instinct. I just knew. Yeah. That. Yeah. And here you are. <laughs> How old were you when you did come to America? I was 16. 16. Wow. Did you come on your own? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What that was that like? That so hard. <laughs> well, you know, I lived in London by myself at 14. I didn't okay language right and then I got the scholarship uh, to Moscow when I was 15 and then I went back to England and then I came to be with New York City Ballet to do the ballet thing uh, yeah when I was 16 almost 17 and um, you know didn't know anyone and I, I just you know when when you're 16 you're fearless yeah everything is just exciting it's exciting to sleep on a bench in Central Park it's exciting to just you know what I mean? Have 75 bucks in your pocket. You know what I mean? Like now that, you know, if my little sister wanted to do that at 16, I would have had a heart attack. Like, what are you thinking? <laughs> you know what I mean? But I was just kind of one of those kids that was just fearless and I knew what I wanted. I didn't know how. Um, and I just kind of threw myself into it. And then I, I don't even know how I survived. I don't know. You know, I worked as a yeah. I worked as a babysitter, dog walker. I mean, you know, you name it and trying to find my way, um, you know, and then I realized I need to go to school for people to take me seriously. And yeah, yep. You know, just, just kept trying. Kept going. Know? Oh, that's so great. I kept trying all these different angles until, you know, I finally, you know, 
got a little bit of a breakthrough here and there and just yeah yeah so also I was seeing like on your IMDb you um were on the tonight show with Jay Leno what did you do on that show I did skits okay so when I when I because I was in New York and I kept like coming here for work but I was a New Yorker and I was never gonna move to LA you know yeah so um but I would do I've done like a billion skits on Craig Ferguson Leno uh like uh what was the last one i did james gordon oh um, fun yeah so they hire me to do skits oh that's awesome improv so they'll be like yeah i mean i played everything eventually i mean it was ridiculous because it's the same person they hire and everyone i'm you know half the time i'm supposed to be an audience member yeah <laughs> oh like the plant yeah it's like they're gonna know <laughs> you know but um yes. yeah i loved it it was fun it was fun. Oh, that's so great. And then you also, uh, you also sing as yeah. well and had to deal with Warner Brothers. I did. Yeah, I still, I still sing and uh, you'll be the first one to know now. Yeah. Um, the movie comes out tomorrow and um, there's a music video that'll be released uh, with a song called Love Is Not Enough because it's actually a love story. Oh. You know, um, Marie's backstory, you know, she falls in love with a Nazi officer, but... Uh huh. Her parents, you know, uh -huh. she, um, you know, can't really be with someone that killed your parents, you know. So it's called Love Is Not Enough. And um, so they're putting final touches on the video and they're going to release it oh. in, you know, in tandem with the movie. So I thought that's so exciting. Yeah, that was really neat. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to watch that. Yeah. Do you prefer acting or singing or do you like both pretty equally? I would say that. Um, you know, like movies like the one Hell Hath No Fury is like, that is like my favorite thing to yeah. find characters like that, but they don't come very often. So if it's like doing skits at, uh, you know, Craig Ferguson or whatever, yeah, music, I'll take music any day. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> or doing parts that are not challenging and where I don't feel like I utilize myself, I would take singing any time of the day, but it feels like two lovers. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you have to, you I'm can't like, really choose. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> back and I, forth. Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, they, they're each very, very different. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I, I, I'm with one, but then if I stay for too long, then I start missing the other and then I go to the other one and then I'm out on the road for six months and then I'm like, hell no, no over and it. Character, <laughs> and then I go back and then I was like, Oh God, I can't, you know, it's like, yeah, totally. <laughs> And then kind of along the lines with like our nostalgia thing, we generally talk about like the 90s and early 2000s. Oh. What were just some of your like favorite shows in that time period that you watched maybe that you weren't even a part of? Well, the 90s were, it, I mean, I wish I was like here in the 90s. Yeah. My, you know, because when I started boxing, I found Nine Inch Nails. I would play that. Oh, okay. And I was in an industrial band. Oh, yeah. And anything 90s early 2000 any band that had door in it three doors down three doors down anything uh, i mean i loved and nine inch nails was my favorite band that's why i started doing hard rock uh, uh, i mean anything 90s except yeah. for the maybe but musically is is where my heart is yeah yeah I it mean, just doesn't compare to what music is today oh i mean from like you know i didn't get to see them but like I watched all of the shows on YouTube. 
What were some I, of your favorite movies of that time period? It's so hard to pick. We're the worst at picking. We're, favorites. We can never. So feel free to give us a laundry list. No. <laughs> <laughs> I did this interview about the most, uh, you know, your favorite movie, and I picked uh, when I was little. I the first movie I saw in the movie theaters, they replayed Thelma and Louise. Uh, so yeah, um, first thing I did when I came here with my first check was buying a Thunderbird. You know. Oh yeah. Oh, how cool. <laughs> And that represented freedom to me. But the, the movie that changed my life was La Femme Nikita. Yeah, they did a remake. They've done TV shows. But that movie, because my dad was a professor, so I, I saw a lot of these really great um, older movies, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, La Femme Nikita changed my life um, uh, in, in the acting sense. And um, yeah, there's just so many. I just like, I like, you know, I did a, I, I did a movie that's coming out called Seize the Night. And oh, yeah. It's a cloth movie about the 90s, uh, and I wrote all the music in it, and it's like very uh, uh, Depeche Mode meets Cure, and the, and, the, and the essence of the movie is very like The Crow. Oh. Yeah. And I just love that time. That's so fun. <laughs> I love that Evanescence, the Lincoln oh, Park. Loved Evanescence. Mm -hmm. Yes, I mean, that's, that's what I wanted to be, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Ev Evanescence, I feel like if you still play like any of their th old songs, they're now throwback songs, <laughs> people just instantly know what it is and instantly love it. I know. Can oh, you tell us when Seize the Night comes out or does that have a release date yet? Or date. So I know it got, it's done, it got picked up, everything is ready to go and we're just waiting for the date. And I was okay. like, no by now, but um, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, because it's, you know, the, the clothes, the wardrobe, mm -hmm. the feel and it's a true story okay um again about the singer and, okay uh, yeah it's a really special story and you know the time period is just i mean i got uh, to wear my you know i got to wear most of my own wardrobe because you know that's what i, I wanted to be evanescent you know? yeah <laughs> and you said you wrote the music for it yeah i wrote all the songs yeah and I oh amazing yeah that's so exciting yeah do you perform them as well or just wrote them yeah, no, I perform. There's, um, yeah, I perform in the movie as well. Oh my gosh. I can't wait for that. Well, I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to have to talk to you whenever that comes out again. Cause that's like, right yeah. Down our alley. yeah. And the guy, the director uh, that wrote it, he had a band in the nineties before he became, oh, really? yeah. Gene Blaylock is his name. He normally does horror movies. So this is one of his bigger kind of, uh, drama you know, okay. Dramas, this one. So yeah. So you know, when you meet him, he's like tatted, guy liner, the straight hair, and you know, it's like sticking out. Like the he's like Nikki Six. You know. Yeah. And so it was really cool because you know he knew. He's like, oh, this is authentic. This is not authentic. This. Okay. Is. Right. He'd probably have a good reference point. <laughs> yes, and and you know, just all the extras and the clubs where we're performing and the yeah, I just love it. I love uh. it. It sounds amazing. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, I mean, if you're into that, I think you're going to like it. And it's yeah, we're for sure going to like it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're sold. <laughs> Hell hath no fury, World War II. Yeah, and then that comes out on demand tomorrow, right? Yes. We're yeah. so excited for everyone to see the movie. Me too. Me and too. Ha Very and have fun in New York tomorrow. Oh my gosh, yeah. So yeah. there's a premiere in New York. Yeah, there's a pre premiere in New York on <sighs> Friday. So I'm going there and I'm doing some interviews and then uh, we have the premiere on Friday. Oh, wow. So 
Good luck. I'm sure it's. I was going to say we were we were also reading like the early reviews. Like all the reviews are so good for this movie too. So congratulations on that. They're great. you know, because you never know, you know, you never know, mm-hmm. you know, um, so it's always nice that all of that hard work didn't go unnoticed, if that yeah. makes sense. That ha- I can't even imagine, like, the nerves that would even have to be waiting yeah. to just get an audience reaction after who knows how many months. Well, it's kind of one of those things where I was like, I had the most amazing experience with my fellow actors. So I was like, if they don't get it. Yeah. I had an amazing time. You had the best time. Yeah, I mean, I went to the screening with all my best friends, my best girlfriends, and I was like, if nothing else, we're just gonna get drunk. I mean, I don't. Know. You know, uh, that's a great. <laughs> and have plan. that moment. Have <laughs> <laughs> a glass of champagne, and we'll just have fun, you know. And then all, you know, I was like, oh my god, you're yeah. getting yeah. the best of both worlds. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much. Amazing, you guys are so fun. It was so oh, nice to meet you. You were so fun. Thank you so much. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Bye. Now, as we said in the beginning, we did, you know, our celebrity birthdays, which we hadn't done in a while. And now we're going to do something else we have not done in a while because it's time for For Q&A Wednesday. Yeah, it is. And if we were together, we would have said that at the same time, but we're on Zoom. We're on Zoom. And if you're new here, we post a QA and a every single Wednesday. It's exactly how it sounds. Um, They're fun. They're always 90s to 2000s themed. So go follow us on Instagram at BTTB podcast. If you want to comment and participate. Yes. Um, this one's just jumping out because we absolutely love this. What is your Harry? What is <laughs> your, sorry. I thought it was supposed to say, what is your favorite Harry Potter house? But it's just, what's your Harry Potter house? Okay. I know what mine is because I was on Pottermore and I got oh, Slytherin. I just- I know what mine is. I didn't even have, I mean, okay. I, I fought it for a little bit, but now I've just accepted it. I know. It. I know. I have as well. I'm a Hufflepuff. Proud and proud. You're proud to be a Hufflepuff. Proud of Hufflepuff. We're loyal. So our first comment comes from Timbo Russell, who said, gotta be Gryffindor. Also my bestie. No, my best is a cat my, is yeah. also Gryffindor. We had a few. It's Mari, not Mary said Gryffindor. And then, of course, we have some, like, Grace. We have some Slytherins. Oh, no. We're out there, you guys. We are. A, a, a quick disclaimer. We always try our best to pronounce people's usernames right. And we Doesn't apologize if we um, mess them up. Mm-hmm. Toothsome Tentacles is a Slytherin. Ellie.Lamafiosa said definitely Slytherin right here. We do also have some Hufflepuffs. M underscore Gibson 19 is a Hufflepuff. Ryan E D Falcon picks 94. Also a Hufflepuff. Oh, Jasmine's a Ravenclaw. We got one Ravenclaw. Jasmine. Jasmine representing for the Ravenclaws. I love being sorted into my house. Anytime I'm at WB though, I'll still do it. Oh, it's so much fun. Next Q and a we're going to go over is what is your favorite Zac Efron movie? And starting it off was Davon Wilder, who said it's between High School Musical and Baywatch. Oh, I always forget about Baywatch. I, I do. <laughs> I love this. M. Darcy 12 just said all of them. <laughs> That's, honestly, we respect we that. Couldn't yeah. agree more. Not so critically acclaimed said the High School Musical franchise, obviously. But 17 again is a close second. I loved 17 again. 
Pass foot forward said hairspray. Uh, Great movie. Dana Leifer said neighbors. Mr. Star AX. Oh, New Year's Eve. Ooh. Again, another one I forgot about. Yeah, with Ashton and Leah Michelle. Yeah. Underscore Nicole Matteries or Mataris says she left two comments. She says, I can watch Baywatch every day of my life. I also loved him in The Beach Bum, but I do think High School Musical 2 is my favorite role of his. That is a perfect movie. It is. I love that one. I'm not going to stop. Not going to stop till I get a shot. Glass underscore Harbor. Got to be 17 again. High school. High school cool guy for sure. Oh, I thought it was going to be a high school musical comment. It's Mari, not Mary. Also said 17 again. And last but not least, KVNG primetime said, oh, all caps. Obviously, it's high school musical too. And they said, I'm not going to stop. Not going <laughs> to stop till I get my shot. <laughs> That's who I am. That is my plan. You know, I'm top you can. Bet on, bet on, bet on, bet on, bet on, can. Okay, next Q&A. What is your favorite Nickelodeon show? And people get very defensive whenever we ask questions about like the favorite Nickelodeon or Disney show. People are very, they love their shows that they love. They do. First up is Friends Drink Beer. They said Rocket Power, anyone? Woogity, woogity, woogity. Woogity, woogity, woogity. <laughs> I love Rocket Power. Love it, love it. Dave on Wilder, Zoe 101. Ellie.Lamafiosa said Avatar The Last Airbender at times a million. I am watching that now. I'm on season two. It actually is really good. It's really good. (laughs) Dustin Glidden underscore going to throw in another vote for my guy, Aang, another Avatar lover. AYN03 also said Avatar. Vanessa Graham also said Avatar. Yeah, there was a few Avatars. Mm -hmm. Paul McCartney's eyebrows, love the name, (laughs) said Fairly Odd Parents, Zoe 101, and Ned's Declassified were my favorite. Mm -hmm. Jasmine underscore speaks said Keenan and Kel Rugrats. Hey Arnold. And as told by ginger, I thought uh, as told by ginger. I loved it. Macy gray theme song. I love that <sighs> show. That's so Matthew. Oh, house of Anubis. I never watched that. I don't think I feel like that's that. a newer one. Thank you for telling us about it though, because we love to know about ones we maybe haven't watched. Real Donnie Wood said, salute your shorts. Hey dude, all that Doug and Rugrats, all great ones. We posted something the other day, but Doug just turned like 30. How old did Doug? Whatever age he was. It's crazy. Um, Ryan E. DeFalcon picks 94. Hey, Arnold. Timbo Russell, SpongeBob. It's Mari, not Mary. All that. This is Uh, all that. Not so critically acclaimed, said Drake and Josh. Oh, love it. And last but not least, KVNG primetime, Keenan and Kel. So good. And the last Q&A we'll go over for this episode is what is your favorite Halloween movie? Of course, during spooky season, we had to ask some spooky questions. Mm-hmm. The first two answers are actually the same. So we have it's Mari, not Mary. And that's so Matthew. They both said Halloween Town and Hocus Pocus, which uh, wa- I would say that both those are them. like my yeah. two favorites. Yep, I watched them a million times. Songs for When Pod. I mean, it's got to be Hocus Pocus or Scream, right? Mm -hmm. Scream's another good one. Love that. I can't wait for the next one in January. Oh, yes. M underscore Happy Meadow said What We Do in the Shadows. I never watched that one. 
Why does that sound familiar? I wonder if I had seen that. ER fan page tribute said scream all of them, except the one Emma Roberts was in scary movie, all of them, Halloween town, all except the last <laughs> one doesn't exist to me. We could not agree more. Girl, we could not agree more. Uh, KVNG primetime says Casper meets Wendy and vampire in Brooklyn. Last but not least, Dave on Wilder said Halloween town. Ugh. All of them Thank you so to good. everyone who participates in our Q and a Wednesdays. Again, they're, they're still up every single Wednesday, just a fun way for all of us to talk about our favorite nineties, two thousands things. Yeah. If you want to comment and hear your name on here, just head on over to at BTTB podcast on Instagram and uh, comment and follow. Yeah. And while you're on Instagram, give Nina a follow. She is just, it's her name at Nina Bergman. That's N-I-N-A-B-E-R-G-M-A-N on Instagram. Give her a follow and make sure you check out her new movie, Hell Hath No Fury. There's no excuse not to watch it. It's on demand or it's in theaters. And Nina, if you've made it this far, thank you so, so much for coming on and talking to us. We can't wait to hear what everybody thinks about the movie. Oh, we're so excited. She was just at a premiere. I wonder, I hope that went well. I know. I think it's oh. happening now. Oh yeah, maybe. Well, you know, flat, we always... she flew and then. Yeah. yeah. <gasps> oh my gosh. Well, yeah, everyone go check her out. Go send her some love, check out her new movie. And you can also send us some love if you want. We would not hate it. We would love it. Love it. Um, follow us on Instagram at BTTV podcast. We are on Twitter. We're on Facebook at back to the best TikTok best back to the best. If you just go to our website, it's www.bttvpodcast.com and everything is linked there. It just makes it easy yeah. for you. And if you want to see uh, some video clips from our interview with Nina, head over to our YouTube channel. It's youtube.com slash back to the best. Yes. And, and make sure you tune in next week because guys, Christmas is coming and you know, we're going to be here it's our for favorite it. Time of the year of back to the best. So make sure you're following and you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. Yeah. So just tune in next week. <laughs> we just said that. <laughs> so make sure you um tune in and 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 subscribe. Yeah. So just tune in and next also mm-hmm. <laughs> to like come back next. So week. come back next week is what we're trying to say. Yeah. Like tune in mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. we yes. are gonna keep taking you. Yes. Yeah, so that's you listening back to the best because that's us. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I don't know what that was. Oh, you got to mix it up sometimes. Nina deserved a better outro. (laughs) You did. We're sorry, Nina. This has nothing to do with you. You're wonderful. Bye. Bye.